Hello, it's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm Chip Stewart. This is the Worthy of C podcast. Um, if you'd like to write me, um, you can write to the email worthyofcpodcast at gmail.com and worthyofcpodcast is all separated by periods at the, at the beginning before the at. So if you want to um, email me and uh, give me some feedback, worthyofcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, also for this episode, uh, the scriptures will be in the show notes. I try to do that every time. Uh, so you can go to those to find what scriptures I've been using. And um, if you're out there and I've given you one of the podcast cards, um, consider sharing it with somebody else who you feel might benefit from this podcast and, and just pass it on. Because if you're already listening, you don't need it anymore. So someone else um, could could potentially be blessed um, by the things that, that I share um, within these episodes. And before I get started on this one, um, recommend if you haven't uh, listened to episodes 24 and 25 back from May of 2023, they're on freedom in Christ. What does that mean to be free in Christ? What does Christ free us from? Um, what are we then free to do? But also, what are we not free from? Um, it could it, it serves to perhaps correct some things that people may erroneously believe freedom in Christ um, actually means. So in this episode, I'm going to continue with the Sermon on the Mount. This is the third episode in the series. Um, this one is entitled, Blessed Are the Meek. The first episode was, um, Blessed Are the Poor and a Poor in Spirit, for theirs is the Kingdom of Heaven. And then the second one uh, was, Blessed Are Those Who Mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then this one we're going to talk about, Those Who Are meek. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to read through all the Beatitudes. I think um, as, as I do these episodes, repetition, repetition is not a bad thing. Uh, it helps us to remember, uh, remember the scriptures, remember what God tells us to do. So I, and especially when it's the scriptures, I, I don't think repetition is a, is a bad thing. Uh, I think it's, it's good, especially the Sermon on the Mount, to hear it um, over and over again. And the more I look at the Beatitudes in particular, the more I see it not as a checklist or an a la carte menu where we can go in and, and pick, you know, I, I'll i be merciful and I'll be pure in heart, but I won't be a peacemaker or, you know, I'm, I'm not one who mourns or I don't want to be meek or something like that, where you pick and choose from here. Um, I see this as a list of what God expects the, his, his children to be like, the expected qualities of every child of God, if you will. So we should aspire to have all of these qualities together. So this is a, a complete list. You know, our, our Lord is describing the citizens of his kingdom and, and what they should be like. And he blesses what he blesses. He blesses um, these behaviors, these um, heart attitudes, um, if you will. So now I'll read Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, um, commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who
who are before you. And something else I want to um, point out is you look at all of the rewards at the end. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. There's there's a result at the end. You know, those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Um, for in, for this episode, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's an amazing consideration that we are going to inherit the earth. And I mentioned it last time. We're going to inherit everything. We're co co heirs with Christ when we, uh, especially when we reign with Him. And and I, I mentioned, you know, what does that look like? I, I just, I, I can't tell you. I don't know because, you know, being in a fallen state, it's hard to imagine um, us, all of us inheriting everything, being heirs of everything together. Um, but that's a pretty incredible promise right there. Blessed are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He's promising us that we are going to inherit the earth. So I want to um, define blessed again. Um, from Webster's 1828, so, so blessed or blessed is happy, prosperous in worldly affairs, but I think most importantly, enjoying spiritual happiness and the favor of God, enjoying heavenly felicity. Okay, so blessed, enjoying the favor of God. He's saying that you have his favor if you're pure in heart, you're a peacemaker, you're merciful, you are meek. So what is meek? Meek from Webster's 1828 is appropriately humble, so in, in an evangelical sense, submissive to, submissive to the divine will, not proud, self-sufficient, or refractory, not peevish and apt to complain of divine dispensations. So when I came, when I, when I came across the, the definition, I remembered that I commented in a previous episode that I was surprised, you know, based on how God considers the humble, he he. He looks favorably on those who are humble and those who are haughty or lifted up and lifted up in spirit. He, he, it's quite the opposite. He curses them. He looks very unfavorably on that. But based on, on how the scriptures over and over and over again emphasize God's desire for us to be humble, I was expecting as I was reading the Beatitudes that, that Jesus would say, blessed are, are the humble. Well, when I read the meek definition, well, there it is, appropriately humble. So I think he's addressing it here. But it, it's interesting with all the translations and things like that, meek could sometimes mean afflicted. Um, and, and like I said, humble. It, it, I had to go, as, as you'll hear, and as I read the scriptures, I had to go to like the King James Version and the American Standard Version to get... Um, some of these words translated as meek or meekness or something like that. But here we're seeing a word that I think closely approximate humble and humility within the Beatitudes. However, as I look through, I look through all the attributes that, that God expects his children to have, like poor in spirit, those who mourn, meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, being merciful, being pure in heart, being a peacemaker, all of those seem to be outworkings, perhaps, of humility. They seem to be very closely related to humility. I, I, I don't, you know, if you're going to be those things, I, I, it, I see it very being very difficult to, to, to have those attributes if you're not humble. So I think humble is much bigger, and that's why the word meek is used here, because I think humility is is weaved it's woven through 
all of this within the Beatitudes. And I, I think humility is, is one of the, the most important things, one of the most important qualities that we need to have as children of God. So let's also consider the opposite. So obviously, you know, if you're not meek, um, the opposite would be arrogant, prideful, haughty, um, things like that. So looking at the opposite. So what I like to do now is I, I went through the scriptures and I found different places where meek was used. And again, I, I had to go to the ASV or the, uh, the KGV, KJV to be able to find um, it. It translated into the English as meek, but I, th- I think it's very, um, it, it, it's very descriptive, very informative, uh, as you'll see as, as we go through. And in some of these, I've I have some lengthy passages around, just maybe the one word meek or something like that, and I'm deliberately doing that to be able to share with you um, more God, more more um, scripture as we uh, we go through this episode. Because I, as I read them, I'm like, okay, these are all very important truths that we need to hear over and over again. So I, I see this as an opportunity to not just take out that one verse where um where it says you know, the you know something about the meek or, or or being meek or meekness but to share the wider truth um as a reminder for us to to edify you edify myself as we do this so the uh, the first place i want to turn to is in numbers chapter 12 verse 3 where moses is described as more meek than than all who are on the earth which is is complimentary of god toward him it's um God clearly favors that, as and and as stated in the Beatitudes, where those are blessed. And it reads, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. And we'll see later on in Scripture how Jesus is an example. Our Lord is an example of meekness for us, and we're always called to be like Him. He demonstrates these qualities for us. I don't think He ever asks us to be something that, that He wasn't or He didn't go through. We're to be conformed in the image of Christ. Um, next, let's turn to the Psalms. Um, these will be more um, single verses, but um, I, th- I think they're, they're very good. So um, Psalm 22, verse 26, The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. It's interesting that the meek shall eat and be satisfied. And when you go back up um, to the Beatitudes in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So it, it sounds like Jesus is bringing this in. The Lord, you know, God is, is weaving this all together for us in the Beatitudes. Um, Psalm 25, verses 8 through 9. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. So he, he, he's favorable toward the meek here, clearly, within, uh, within the psalm. Psalm 37, 9 through 11. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, those, though shall diligent consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. God has said here, the meek shall inherit the earth. And Jesus repeats that within the Beatitudes. He takes that out and, and, um, and incorporates it in this, this summary of attributes that are expected of the children of God. 
but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. How satisfying is that? You know, we're going to inherit the earth and we'll delight ourselves in the abundance of peace. I can't wait for that day, to be honest. Um, Psalm 45, verse 4. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of the truth and meekness and righteousness, and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Psalm 147, verse 6. The Lord lifteth, lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked to the ground. So you have the opposites there. He lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. And then 149, verse 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. With salvation. I, I love how that's added in there. He gives us salvation, which is, which is necessary to be able to inherit the earth. And forgive me, I haven't read from the King James uh, Version much or the American Standard Version much, so the, um, the older English might, might challenge me a little bit. Isaiah, let's turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 11, um, verses 1 through 5, where it talks about the branch, Jesus Christ, and how he will deal with the poor. Remember, remember back to blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit. So how he will deal with the poor, the meek, and the wicked. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall treat those truths. Um, two groups faithful, righteously in, in a good sense because in their life here as we talked about blessed are the poor usually the poor are oppressed but he will, will righteously judge them as opposed to the wicked men who, who um, are, show partiality and, um, and show injustice to the poor and he, will, and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked Remember, vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Isaiah, let's turn into chapter 29 now. The meek and the poor, this is talking about uh, the meek and the poor being blessed by the Lord. The wicked shall come to nothing. So something very similar, starting in verse 19, going through 21. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord. And the poor among mankind shall exult in the, in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless shall come to nothing, and the scoffers cease. And all who watch to do evil shall be cut off. For by a word make a man out to be an offender, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and with an empty plea turn aside him who is in the right. I like how in these two passages, um, God is bringing together the meek and the poor, tying these two things together in these passages, which makes a lot of sense when you look back up at the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor and blessed are the meek. Now let's turn to chapter 61 in Isaiah. This is the King James Version, um, starting in verse 1, where he talks about good tidings to the meek and also the afflicted and the poor. Or, you know, also translated, afflicted or poor. So the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So we're also tying, God is also tying in here, blessed are those who mourn, comfort all those who mourn, which we'll talk about um, in a, um, which we, um, sorry, which we talked about in the previous episode. So he's tying all three together within, within Isaiah. Okay, let's see. So that was 61. Let's turn to Zephaniah chapter two, where it uh, directs us to seek righteousness, seek meekness. So um, gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall, it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. These are commands for us. Okay, so that's from the Old Testament. Now let's look at um, meekness and meek in the New Testament. Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. And this is the American Standard Version. And here Jesus sets us as, he sets up for us an example of meekness. I told you before, Christ is modeling these things for us, that we should be like him because he is like this. He is like this. At that season, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou didst hide these things from the wise and understanding and didst reveal them unto babes. Yea, Father, for so it was well-pleasing in thy sight. All things have been delivered unto me of my Father, and no one knoweth the Son save the Father. Neither doth any know the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son willeth to reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Matthew chapter 21, um, starting in verse 1, we'll read through verse 7 uh, in the American Standard Version. It talks about Jesus being our meek king. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and came unto Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village that is over against you, and and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if anyone say aught unto you, he shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Now this has come to pass, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went, and did even as Jesus appointed them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put them, and put on them their garments, and he sat thereon. So it describes our king as meek. 
right before he has his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Let's now t turn to uh, the epistles, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, where Jesus is described as meek and gentle, and that we should follow that, this example that he, uh, he sets for us. Um, this is verse 1. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. So we should follow this example that, that Christ has set for us of his meekness and his gentleness. Then Galatians, Paul's letter to Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, it describes meekness as being a fruit of the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary the one to the other that ye may not do these things that ye would. But if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, wraths, factions, divisions, parties, envyings, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I forewarn you, even as I did forewarn you, that they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and the lust thereof. If we live by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit let us also walk. Let us not become vainglorious, provoking one another envying one another. So meekness being a fruit of the Spirit. And then uh, Galatians uh, in, in chapter 6 in verse 1 also talks about the spirit of meekness again. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So to be humble as you're doing it and not be haughty, lifted up, thinking that you're better than the other person, you restore them with a spirit of meekness. And it's very interesting. In just a few verses previously, he talked about meekness being a fruit of the spirit. Uh, turn to Ephesians chapter four, and uh, this will be in verses one through six. Tells us to walk worthy with all lowliness and meekness. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling wherewith ye were called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, giving diligence to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as also ye were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now turn to Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. tells us to put on meekness. Put on, therefore, as God's elect, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving each other, if any man have a complaint against any. Even as the Lord forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which also ye were called in one body, and be ye thankful." 
Let the, word, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto God. And whatsoever ye do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here in 1 Timothy, I think this is probably going to be the longest passage um, in chapter 6, starting in verse 1, um, he's Paul is telling Timothy as a pastor, O man of God, follow after meekness. He's giving Timothy instruction as a, as a pastor. Let as many as are servants under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and the doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but let them serve let them serve them rather, because they that partake of the benefit are believing and beloved. These things teach and exhort. So he's he's at this first part. He's giving Timothy guidance on on um, how to um, how how to um, oversee the church. So verse three: If any man teacheth a different doctrine and consenteth not to sound words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is puffed up, knowing nothing, but doting about question, questionings and disputes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, wranglings of men, corrupted in mind and bereft of the truth, supposing that godliness is a way of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, for neither can we carry anything out, but having food and covering, we shall be there with content. But they that are mindful to be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and many foolish and hurtful lusts, such as drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, which some reaching after have been led astray from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou... O man of God, so here he's talking directly to Timothy, flee these things and follow after righteousness. I think, I think these are, <laughs> this is good guidance for us as well. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Lay hold on the, light, on the life eternal, whereunto thou wast called, and disconfess the good confession in the sight of many witnesses. I charge thee in the sight of God, who giveth life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed the good confession, that thou keep the commandment without spot, without reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in its own times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in light unapproachable, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power eternal. Amen. And then also in, uh, in the second letter to Timothy, in chapter 2, he tells, he instructs Timothy that in meekness or gentleness, he should correct um, his opponents. But flee youthful lusts and follow after righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and ignorant questionings refuse, knowing that they gender strifes. And the Lord's servant must not strive, but be gentle towards all, apt to teach, forbearing in meekness, correcting them that oppose themselves. If peradventure God may give them repentance unto the knowledge of the truth, 
and they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him unto his will. So with that humility, correcting your opponents in, in the event that God, God saves him in his great mercy. Titus. Paul's letter to Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Show meekness toward all men. Put them in mind to be in subjection, subjection to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready unto every good work, to speak evil of no man, not to be contentious, to be gentle, showing all meekness toward all men. For we also once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love toward man appeared, not by works done in righteousness, which we did ourselves, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that, being justified by His grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So here it's, it's um, mentioning the fact that we are going to be heirs with Christ. But also, I, I think what comes out here is that our behavior, how we live, is in response to the kindness of God our Savior and His love toward us. And, and that response, one of those is showing meekness, showing gentleness, showing humility toward all men. Don't say some. You know, it doesn't say, you know, all but the wicked or, or whatever. Showing meekness toward all men. And then finally, the last passage I'd like to share with you is 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And this talks about being ready to give an answer. Commonly, you commonly hear this with apologetics and things like that. But we are instructed to be, give, to, um, be ready to give an answer with meekness and fear. And who is he that will harm you if you, be ze- if you be zealous of that which is good? But even if ye should suffer for righteousness' sake, blessed are ye, and fear not their fear, neither be troubled. But sanctify in your hearts Christ as Lord, being ready always to give answer to every man that asketh you a reason concerning the hope that is in you, yet with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that wherein ye are spoken against, they may be put to shame who revile your good manner of life in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God should so will, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing, because Christ also suffered for sins once, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, that aforetime were disobedient, when the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water, which also, after true likeness, doth now save you, even baptism, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the interrogation of a good conscience toward God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is on the right hand of God, having gone into heaven, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So we are supposed to be ready to give an answer to any man that asketh the reason of the hope in us with meekness and fear. And I want to bring out a couple other things in this passage. Like I said, I enjoy, I enjoy sharing 
fuller segments of, of the scripture with you because there's a whole lot more there and it's good to hear it. And, and this one here, this the first verse, 13, and who is he that will harm you if ye be zealous of that which is good? To be zealous of that which is good is to be obedient to Christ. And we know that we love if we love Christ, we're obedient to him. Those um, who obey, obey him are those who love him. And so if we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, if we are, or, or we're trying to be like Christ and obey him, who is the, he that will harm us? Why should we be afraid? We should not fear. Like I said in, in the previous broadcast, broadcast episode, <laughs> you know, you, we watch all these things on TV, all of this propaganda coming away, and it wants us to fear. But who is he that will harm us if we're zealous for that which is good, for that which Christ wants us to do, to be obedient to his will for us? But then it says here, oh, well, you know, this, this, and this is different, but being ready with an answer with meekness and fear. Well, that's not a fear of people. That's a fear of God. That's, a, that's what I, I mentioned um, also in the previous episode. That, that, that should be our resolution always. Fear God and obey his commandments. We should not fear man. That's what verse 13 is talking about. But verse 15 is more, we do it in meekness and fear of God. Because we know he's our master and he's telling us to do this with meekness. And this is in, in a loving, joyous response to, to him having saved us. Because his goodness, his mercy, his grace. So we do it with that that humble, gentle meekness. Because remember that response that we give people may be that seed that's planted in their mind of the gospel message. And then other people may add to it and it grows and, and, and God grants them saving faith. And you are a part of that. And they'll remember their encounter with you. They they may they may be yelling at you, asking you, well, why do you believe in Christ? You know, are you stupid? Are you crazy? But we give them a response with meekness and fear, fear of God. And they'll remember that. They'll remember that. It's like, wait, he, I was yelling at him. I was being terrible to that person, but he was being gentle with me in his response. How is that? Why is that person like that? It's because they have Christ in them. That's why. And hopefully they come to that realization. And back to verse 13, being zealous for what is good, that is shining the light in this world, is our obedience to Christ. You know, yes, the gospel message, we take them, but you've probably heard it said many times, our actions will speak louder than words. It's that life that we live in obedience to Christ. We should be different from the culture. But so often we are not. So often we are not. We, we're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness to do, be zealous for what is good. I think a lot of times we're more content with the mundane. The things of this world. Things are just plain. And we don't seek his righteousness. We don't seek his face. We don't seek the Lord and his wisdom. We don't seek to think his thoughts after him. And we don't seek to be conformed into the image of his son. 
All of those things should be our daily bread. We should be seeking after those things every day. His word. Brothers and sisters, I, until next time, I, I, I leave that with you. I leave that with you. Because we're going to talk about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness in, in the next episode in the Sermon on the Mount series. I, I don't know if that will be the, the next one or, you know, it may be one or two after. I, I don't know yet. It's all how I'm, I'm led, um, what, I, what I'm led to share. But, but consider these things. The, 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 the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, it's not a checklist where you get to pick some. It's not a la carte menu. God wants us to be all of these have all of these attributes, all of these qualities. This is, this is, Christ is laying this out for, this is how we should be living. For his glory, for his namesake. When we live a life like that, we glorify his name. All praise to him. So until next time, seek the Lord in his wisdom. Seek to think his thoughts after him and seek to be conformed into the image of his son. May God bless you and your families. Until next time.